Hey everybody, welcome to Tales from the Road Podcast.com. Sparky here, as usual, with good, good, good friend, Scotty. Hey buddy. Do we have a guest today? A guy that was the first to score 50 goals for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Fill in the blank here. Mr. Rick Five. Yeah, we're so honored. It's one of our first classy gentlemen, shall we say. We're not the classy storytellers ourselves, but I was so impressed by him all the way through and just a good, classy gentleman all the way around. A great guy, and just like you mentioned, I mean, I'm telling shit stories about myself. I'm telling airplane stories, or I fake being a doctor. You got shit stories on yourself. What are we doing in that kind of class? How, how did he take the call? Nonetheless, hey, we appreciate him coming, and we actually got a great listenership in the Toronto area, so very cool. And anyways, when we took the whole interview and took like four of his, I thought they're not like you said the shit stories, but these are ones where. Some names that we grew up with, like guys, and just to hear their behind the scenes, the nuances that you're not going to get on Hockey Night in Canada, you know, the stuff that's not in interviews, but just the behind the scenes things with some of these big names. And these are his buddies. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. The, some of the biggest names in hockey of yesteryear. Toronto fans have Austin Matthews right now, but back in the day, there wasn't a bigger guy than Rick Vivan. Imagine this, everybody. We ask him if he'll appear on the show. He not only agrees, but... He's there on time, and we thought we might be able to get 15 minutes with him. An hour and 20 minutes later, he's still talking. I mean, he was great. Yeah, he was having a blast, and we were having a blast with him. So we're going to hopefully get him back and some of these big names and other buddies. But uh, more at the end of this podcast, stay tuned. There's something very cool we're doing in Toronto in 2018. But let's get to the story first. One of the best defensemen that ever played the game, Swedish guy. (laughs) A Swedish guy with the last name of Salming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really an incredible story. I remember watching the great Borea Salming, and if I understand things correctly, you've got a little tale about him. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, well, we all know how good he was, obviously. Right. Uh, I, I consider him one of the best, probably, all-around defensemen that ever played the game, and I, I played with him for seven years. I don't think he got enough credit for how good he was defensively. Everybody looked at his numbers offensively, but he was, he was a very good defensive defenseman. But being from Sweden, he was also, he played a lot of other sports. He did a lot of other things. And we were in Vancouver on a road trip, and we didn't have a pregame skate. And there was a beautiful mountain just right by where we were, and I think it was called Grouse Mountain. And Boria decided that he was going to go up there that day. Lo and behold, he shows up at the game. He's got different colors around his eyes than the rest of his face. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck were you doing? Were you doing a tanning booth? Or he said, no, no, I was skiing. (laughs) (laughs) Game day skiing. So he he spent the afternoon skiing in Vancouver and uh, went out that night and was second star. So, I mean, that's just how good this guy was. He could go ski for a couple hours in the afternoon, then go play a hockey game and be the second star of the game that night. Le deuxième étoile, huh? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know I don't speak Spanish. It was hilarious, though, when he walked in the room because you could visibly see the marks around his eyes where his goggles had been from skiing. <laughs> and the wind burn on his face. Did, did the, who was the coach at the time, Rick? I believe it might have been Joe Crozier at the time. Uh, and, of course, Joe probably would never – he would never have caught on to that. He wouldn't have had a clue. Right. And it was hilarious. And we were saying, well, you, you got to go in and get the trainer to put some makeup on you or something. <laughs> so, so nobody sees the, the goggle marks. But, uh, the, but he didn't. And he went out and – 
like I said, was one of the best players on the ice, second star. And it's just amazing how well he played. He did that in Toronto several times, too. He would go up north skiing in the afternoon, come back and play that night. Be outstanding. A lot of years in the league and junior. I mean, he came out of PEI. Any uh, good hazing stories, rookie stories that you can share with us? I think the best one, the one that comes to mind the most is because he, he I think it was the third time that he was shaved. And it was uh, <laughs> Rocky Saginaw. Repeat offender. Rocky, yeah, okay. Was, Repeat offender, yeah. The best one was just prior to that, Hartford had come into Toronto, and Rocky was a good guy, but sometimes did some crazy things. He skated down to the corner where Gordie Howe, who was playing with Hartford at the time, was standing in the corner talking to the press and everything. He jumped up on the boards and reached over and said, Gordie Howe, the old era, I'm Rocky Saganak, the new era. Oh, <laughs> big mistake. <laughs> like, come on, Rocky, really? So the next time we were in Winnipeg, decided I, I wasn't in on it because I was a young guy. And they said, well, here we go. So they got him and they tied him to the chair and... <laughs> Shaved his entire body. Uh, this was after practice, the day before the game. Then spun him out of the chair right out the center ice and left him there. And we got on the bus and went back. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, at least he was freshly shown and, and, and probably glistening out on the ice. How long did he think he stayed out there for before someone saved him? You know what? We really don't even know. <laughs> that was his you know, problem. He got back to the hotel probably several hours after we did. So God knows he could have been out there for an hour or more. <laughs> Can you imagine the poor rink attendant at Winnipeg <laughs> Arena just, you know, sweeping up? Help. Help. <laughs> Those are the things you wonder. What the heck happened after that? There's lots of things that happen on the road. Funny things. Like Bob McGill, Big Daddy, we called him, and he got traded to Chicago with me. But before we got traded there, we were playing together in Toronto, and we fly into Chicago, and it's late at night because we had just played at home. We chartered, and we got on the bus heading to the hotel. Big Daddy was obviously a little tired because he fell asleep on the back seat of the bus, and everybody got off the bus. Everybody was quiet, just <laughs> left him there. He woke up as the bus driver was locking the gate, bus parking lot, somewhere <laughs> the worst place in Chicago, probably. Oh, well, yeah, because the stadium was in the worst neighborhood in all of Chicago anyway, the old Chicago oh, Stadium. Yeah. Eh? Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it was bad. It was bad. We had barbed wire on our parking lot fence. Welcome to San Quentin. So he wakes up in the bus by himself, and this guy's getting ready to lock the gate, and he gets out of the bus and starts screaming, and the bus driver drove him back to the hotel. And That's <laughs> it was, awesome. But those are the things, guys. It's just one of those things that, you know what? Hey, you got to have fun playing the game. So oh, you yeah. pull these things and you pull these tricks. That was just one of them. I remember Harold Ballard on one of our charters, and we were chartering, and we would get this little tiny dish of lasagna for our post-game meal as we chartered to the next city. And then the flight attendant would come by with a wicker basket full of chocolate bars. And I remember King Clancy was sitting two seats ahead of Harold and said that that older gentleman behind me can't have any because he's a diabetic, which he was. <laughs> so... The girl's coming with the basket. He reaches in with his big pot to grab about four or five chocolate bars, and she slaps his hand because you can't have any, sir. You're diabetic. And Harold was not very happy about it. In fact, he was so upset that the next day he canceled the charters for the rest of the season. No, no way. What? Over chocolate bars. Wow. Like, a little sour Don't grapes. take a man's chocolate. Oh. <laughs> 
It's like, who does that? That is brutal. You couldn't have a chocolate bar because you probably shouldn't because you're a diabetic, but you cancel the charters for the rest of the season. And this was only halfway through the season. Oh, so, that, that's uh, called whipping out your big, yeah. you know what, and showing you who's boss, right? That's <laughs> Rick. Was he GM at the time? No, no, he was the owner, and it wasn't quite near the end when he got really crusty. But <laughs> King was still alive, so King kept him under wraps and took care of him. And Harold was usually always in a pretty good mood, and then when King passed away. That's when it started to really go downhill, and he became crusty and older, and that sort of thing. You know, Scotty, what a guy. Yeah. Having spent an hour and a half with him, I feel like he's my new best friend. Eh? <laughs> he's just one of those guys. And the names, King Clancy. Uh, Harold Ballard, Borea Salman. I grew up a defenseman. That was the first foreign hockey player that I really, really admired. So apparently I wasn't skiing enough before games. That was, <laughs> that's what's held me back all this way. You know, what I remember about Salming, and I watched all of his games, he was brilliant offensively. Yeah. He was kind of a Bobby Orish kind of guy offensively, but unbeatable on the D side. Yeah, you didn't see him lose many one-on-ones, and he played tough as nails, especially back in the day. So it was very cool. Now, hey, do you want to get to their little surprise? Are you, you talking about going to Toronto? Hell yeah. So kind of announcing here for the first time, my friend, that we are taking Tales from the Road on the road. Packing up our trailer, our bag of cocktails. Tra- trailer is a good term to use for us. <laughs> trailer, trash. The short bus. We're yeah. taking the short bus on the road. And one of our first stops, we're looking at dates. We're talking to some of the local downtown sports pubs. We are going to have a Tales from the Road show starting in Toronto. Live yeah. with Vive. Vive said he's coming. Live with Vive (laughs) at five. (laughs) (laughs) But stay tuned. But what we're doing now, and hence why we're announcing it, part of the show is story time. Not an open mic. That would be disingenuous. We are now collecting and want to hear stories from people in the Toronto area. And we're going to take four or five of the best sports, comedy, fucked up, good stories, and they're going to get some mic time at the sports bar. And we had this concept here in Boise doing it. I think it's going to be Brilliant. a hit. Yeah. So how do we get involved? We want everybody's stories, but specifically now you Toronto folks, we got something cool coming up. And if we do use your in the show in Toronto, we're going to put you on the air too as well, which is also very cool. Totally. Go to talesfromtheroadpodcast.com. And you can scroll down, there's a record function, and you can give us five minutes of your best part of the story. And if we like what we hear, we're going to contact you. Also, they can go to S. Davis at TFTR. So that's short for Tales from the Road. Thank you, you're a genius. Yeah. TFTRpodcast.com. S. Davis, TFTRpodcast.com. And every phone's got these memo record functions, puts it into an MP3 file. You can send it as an email. Give us your story. Again, we like what you hear. You're on the show. And if you're embarrassed, to be seen in public telling the story, do what I have done with a great variety of my dates over the years. They had a great body and a bad grill, uh, so I just put a bag over their heads. You can show up with a bag over your head and tell your story a little bit muffled, and we'll keep it on the down low. Rick Vives texting me right now. He just canceled for <laughs> Toronto. Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> Anyways, folks, enjoy. Thank you. Looking forward to seeing you in Toronto. Over and out.